is beautiful. There you go. That's what worship's like. Yes. Especially in here. I don't know about you, but Oh Holy Night, I just think it's such a beautiful reminder. One of my favorite Christmas songs of just reminding us, right? My goodness, what a night where Jesus came and was born and began the journey to save us. And so I'm just so thankful for that. Thank you, worship team, and any kiddos that want to head out at this time. Um, I'm going to have you turn to Psalm 126, and you're going to go there. I'm not going to get there yet, but I'm going to have you go there early so that you're like ready and prepared. Um, Can you say the word joy? Joy. All right, good. You've been acting like you've got some joy, so that's good. Um, But I want to talk to you about a couple of things today. And the main point of today, we're in the third week of Advent. This is the week that we celebrate joy. And God has kind of taken me on a journey through this of understanding it better. And I hope that as you leave here today, that you will understand what it means to like live and reside in a place of joy with God. So I'm going to give a thought to you. Um, You can turn there, but I'm going to get there for a while, so be ready. Um, But there's a theologian uh, shared this, this thought. It is astonishing how many references there are in both the Old Testament and the New Testament to delight, joy, bliss, exaltation, merrymaking. Did you know merrymaking is a thing like in the Bible? It is. Um, And rejoicing and how empathetically these are demonstrated and demanded from the Bible all the way from the book of Psalms. And really the call to be joyful goes from Psalms all the way through the writings of Paul and kind of ends in Philippians. So that entire work of the Bible from there to there, chronologically speaking, it is calling us to be a people of joy. And as he points it out. But see, I just want to kind of, because this is what I think you think, okay? Many of you think that joy is like the flu. You all like the flu? Do you like COVID? Okay, I'm pretty sure you don't, right? But many of you think joy is like that in that you catch joy. Like something happens and so you're joyful. Or an event comes about that you were hoping for and all of a sudden spurs up in you some joy or you get excited about it and so you kind of catch joy. See, many of us kind of live in that. Joy is like a a sometime type of thing. Some of us um, would say, well, you're either joyful or you're not. Have you ever met a negative person? Oh, good. Okay, so I'm pretty sure you're in my boat, right? We've met some negative people over the years, right? And we kind of sometimes have to love them, don't we? Yes, right? Now you're getting a little quieter. Like, well, not really, you know, I don't want to this month, but maybe next month after Christmas. But um, isn't it exciting, like, especially if you've got family that are kind of negative and aren't very joyful, isn't it exciting to, to go be with them at Christmas? No, right? I'm sorry, let's be honest. Like every family's got the one that just like, gosh, can you just be happy on Christmas? You know what I mean? Like just think on some other things. And, and, uh, but unfortunately, probably all of us have people in our lives that maybe bend a little bit what? Grumpy, okay? We, we live in a kind of a grumpy world. A lot of people like to be grumpy. They actually get like their fuel from being grumpy. But, but here's the deal. As a Christian, we can't believe, we, we can't hold on to We can't associate our minds with like you either got it or you don't. Meaning like you're either a a joyful person or you're not. In fact, after today, you're going to realize the scripture tells us that we should be growing in joy. We should be growing in really holding on to this idea of joy. The Bible says that joy is a choice. Can you say choice? choice? Choice. The Bible tells us it's a choice. 
In Galatians 5, and I love the, the pattern of the fruits of the Spirit, it is love, joy. Today's on joy, so I'll, I'll do it again, right? It's love, Last week we talked about love and in order to have joy we have to understand love that God so loved the world that he gave and so he gifted and gave his son and then that brings joy. Now today we sang what? Joy to the world. Yes, y'all are on this, right? So joy to the world. Jesus came to bring joy. He came to bring you joy. He came to satisfy souls that were thirsty. Souls that didn't even realize that their thirst was rooted in the fact that they did not have the Savior that they needed. Joy is a choice. C.S. Lewis writes this, and I'm really going to kind of set you up, give you the, the why behind like joy is so important. C.S. Lewis says, Indeed, if we consider the unblushing promises of reward and the staggering nature of the rewards promised in the Gospels. Y'all like reward? Okay, there's lots of rewards promised in the Gospels. It would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. Think about that. We are half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink, sex, ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. Let me, let me take you on, the, on a short journey in the beginning of this to get you on this mindset that the enemy is a robber. The enemy steals. The enemy takes away. The enemy robs from us. So how does the enemy rob joy from us? Well, if you look at scripture, if you look at what C.S. Lewis theologians down the years have said, common pleasures rob the joy of the Lord from us. Common pleasures block Christ's saturated joy and rewards that come with that kind of, well, what do you mean? What's a common pleasure? Do you all like chocolate cake? We'll go really simple today, okay? I already said sex, so I don't want to go too much further, all right? But let's just do chocolate cake. And if you don't like chocolate cake, picture what you really like, like lemon meringue pie or something like that. What have you decided to make like your favorite recipe, right? And you made it just for you. And you thought, you know, you were in a bad place. You ever been depressed? Yes. And so sometimes when we're depressed, we eat. That's what I do. But anyway, and I eat, and I eat things that I like, right? And, but the thing is, like, after the first piece, it's so good, right? But then I recognize it didn't take care of anything, so I ate another piece. And then another piece. And then before I know it, right, I start feeling bad about the last piece I ate, and then the piece before that, and the piece before that. And then all of a sudden, I realize after consuming the entire cake... It really didn't do anything for me anyway, but add some here and add some to my feet. You know what I mean? It didn't really do much. See, what the enemy does is he takes common pleasures and he tells you, right, if you'll seek those common pleasures, they'll bring you lasting joy. And all of us know it's just not true. If you've ever been on a journey where you've been on a journey to really go after the pleasures, whatever they may be, it could be status, friendship, sex, food, whatever. And you've gone after them and after them and after them. And, and you keep wondering when you get to them and after they're over, why don't I feel any different than I did before? Well, because. Because the enemy has, has told you that these pleasures in the common, like common pleasures, are going to have filled you with an everlasting and eternal joy that they just don't have the ability to. 
And so let's just be honest, right? For all of us, at some point in our life, we've given into a common desire, pleasure thing that we thought would bring us everlasting joy, fill our hearts and change our lives and change the, and make us feel better. And come to find out, it's not actually true. Because the enemy doesn't have the capacity to fill us with joy. He actually doesn't, not even does he not have the capacity to do it, he doesn't have the rights, he doesn't have the avenues, he doesn't have the power, he doesn't even have the mindset to bring you joy. He actually doesn't even know right now what that's like. He can see it from the outside. But not any part of his being is there joy that's founded in Christ there. And so if you're hoping for something in the common pleasures, outside of them just being common pleasures, to come about in your life, then you're on a long, long, long journey. Common pleasures block Christ's saturated joy and the rewards that come with that kind of joy. So let's go to Let's go to Psalm 126. I want to just give you some history as we head there. And we're actually going to go through a lot of scripture because I feel like it's important to see the calling that God has placed in our life to live in his joy. But if you get Psalm 126, you're going to see a celebration there. The people have gone through a season of unfaithfulness and they've turned back to God. And then all of a sudden, God begins to do what God does, which is reward and cover and move and push favor on his people. And so, y'all want to stand for a little bit? Just say yes, yes. You felt like stretching today, didn't you? All right. Psalm 126 is a celebration. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, we were like those who dream. Church, have you ever had a dream before? I mean, they came back and all of a sudden they're celebrating because the dreams that they thought would never happen, the joys, the pleasures that they thought would never happen start coming. When the Lord restored the fortunes, when the Lord restores you, When the Lord restores your past, when the Lord restores your, we were like those who dream. Then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. Then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. God, today, help us to understand the words of your scripture here and throughout this this time. I just pray that you would come speak truth into our hearts and our minds today. Help us to see and understand the importance of joy coming down to be with us. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. So let's ask ourselves this, why? Why talk about joy? Why centuries ago did they decide that the Advent season should include a Sunday about joy? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, okay? And I want to go through a couple of things. Let's just go really basic to start with. Life works better when we're joyful, Let's just be honest, right? Life works better when we can kind of rise above the things that we're in and just say, hey, think about it. I said earlier, like, don't you just love being around the negative people in your life, right? It's just so exciting to go encounter them. In fact, some of us know, right, who's negative and who isn't, and sometimes we're in forced situations and we have to see bigger and beyond so that we don't get what? Drugged down. 
A lot of times intellectuals will throw things out like devil's advocate, will throw things out like um, this is a smart thing to do and this is the, the, my mind is telling me, our knowledge is telling me and God is saying, that's all great. But church, if we started living like God wants us to live, intellectual stuff, it's great to know, but the know has to attach to the heart, it has to attach to the spirit and a lot of times the spirit says what you know isn't enough because God can do immeasurably more. See, many of us aren't joyful or living a life of joy because we've settled. We've settled for the common. We've said it's enough and enough is never enough. And so we just keep on and keep on and keep on. See, joy complements love and hope. Let me tell you why else joy is so important. You remember Nehemiah in the Old Testament? If you don't, I'm gonna tell you about him, okay? Say Nehemiah. That's kind of a cool name, right? If I ever have a boy in another life, um, I'll call it Nehemiah. Um, but Nehemiah got really a, a strong passion to restore the temple. The temple was destroyed, the place of worship. He had a passion to see it come back. He wanted to build it in, in the midst of all kinds of adversity. And so he did just that, went to leaders on and on. You, you kind of know how it goes, right? And, and some of the scriptures talk about they had a what? A weapon in one hand and a building tool in the other and they built and kept themselves on guard to keep forward with the plans of God. Tell me that's not adversity. Tell me that's not a hard day. Tell me it's not a hard day when you had to keep your eyes open, right? And you've got to keep your eyes open and your hands busy because people are after you. And yet in the midst of all that, Nehemiah said one of the most famous passages in the entire scripture. Hobby Lobby uses it. I like to say that because I actually saw it there. He said this. In the midst of all that was going on, he said the joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Come on now. Some of you got it in your house, written on a notepad. You're holding on to it every moment because you're not sure how else you're going to make it but rely on his strength. You're going through a season right now and you don't have much joy and all you've got is to look and say, okay, if the strength of the Lord comes through the joy, then I better keep. So here's the problem. There's a chronic problem here. If scripture, see that was, that was one time, it actually says it multiple times throughout scripture that his joy is our strength. Love, joy, I mean love was first, we gotta get that first and joy comes in. If it's our strength, then the absence of joy is what? The opposite. Weakness, church. Weakness. So if you're falling into negative patterns, if you're falling into common pleasures, if you're saying this is enough, if you're saying that's all I need, then you are living the opposite of strength. You're living in your weaknesses. Church, how many people right now are living in weaknesses? How many people around you need you to speak the truth of the gospel, which is that the joy of the Lord is our strength, that what gets us, it's what fills us, it's what church people, not even in just this room and in the other rooms, but they need to hear because strength comes from the Lord. And unfortunately, the opposite of joy in the Lord is weakness. You know, true joy makes sin look a little less attractive. I have the opportunity a lot, and I'm fascinated by this, right? There's a lot of seniors here throughout our, our church that I sit and talk to, and I discover and find out things I never knew about them, things they've journeyed through, things that they've encountered, 
I sat recently with a, a senior adult couple in our church and they told me about a, a child they lost. And I was like, gosh, I, I didn't, like I could never tell by the way you're, like you're happy and you're, you're joyful and you're, and they said to me, well, the, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Is that hard? Yes. Do I think about it every day? Yes. But what's crazy, it never reflected in there. I wouldn't have known that they had gone through because the joy of the Lord is their strength. See, there's something about, there's something about getting rid of sin, common pleasures, stuff in front of us to withstand the test of time and live in his joy. A theologian said this, failure to attain a deeply satisfying life always has the effect of making sinful actions seem so good. Because see, the enemy doesn't have the ability to give you sustainable joy. He doesn't have the ability to like rack you along the whole way. He doesn't have the ability to give you eternal life. He doesn't have the ability to hold on to you through. All he has the ability to do Think about it. We give more credit than he's due. He has the ability to show you the present and say, hey, why don't you stay here? And oftentimes, what do we do? We say, okay, let's stay here. And then we miss out on the... Think about some statements I'm going to throw at you. It's impossible to be full of joy and full of pride at the same time. Pride gets in the way of joy because it gets in the way of God. Pride robs joy. Think about this. Joy actually makes us self-forgetful. As we live in the joy of the Lord, which is so much bigger, and we could spend a whole day defining it, when you get excited about someone else having a heart change, when you get excited about a move that God is doing, when you see God and you hold on to, when you see God and you move with, there's something about that. You begin to like, Realize, you know what, what I'm in isn't as big as I think. And if I would get my mind off, I would, I would see more. And more joy would come to my heart. You know what a byproduct is? You want to have just a fun journey for a second? I figured you did, so I was going to do it anyway. But um, in Nacogdoches, at the church there, right around the corner was a Tyson plant, okay? And uh, a Tyson, you know what a Tyson is? chicken. Okay, it's chicken. Good for you, all right? And so he got it, right? Not least chicken. That's good stuff. But Tyson chicken that they like freeze and all that. Um, anyway, there was a Tyson plant, and right next to the Tyson plant was a Bar SQ plant. You know what Bar SQ is? I know I'm not saying it right. You ever eat a hot dog that's Bar SQ? It's the cheapest one you can buy. No matter where you are in the United States, it's the cheapest one. And if you read in there, it's bio and genetically engineered materials and byproducts of certain animals. Well, they're chickens. And so anyway, the chicken Tyson plant is right next to the Bar SQ plant, and so they have this thing that goes across the street to their plant, and guess what goes from the Tyson plant to the Bar SQ plant? The byproducts. So all the hot dogs we eat here at Anderson First Church of Nazarene are all beef, and they're not Bar SQ, just so you, so you can like rest assured. Amen, right? They are like $20 a hot dog, but okay. Um, we could have fed you for a buck for 12, but we don't. And so they, they send the byproducts over there, and we had a couple of people that worked there, and they didn't last. And, and come to find out, they, they would call the church all the time, and they would say, hey, we're looking for, and it was like constant. Once a month, they would call and say, do you know anybody in your church that has the ability to come and work here? Well, when I got to talking to the people, they couldn't handle what happened there. 
because they would take the byproduct, which is the carcass, and they would throw it into a grinder. They would grind it up, and then they mixed it in with the engineered meat, put it together, and make a bar SQ hot dog that we consume, that if you've ever consumed one, it's guaranteed you'll bite into something, and it's not your tooth, okay? It's a byproduct of a chicken. Church, think about it. If you're not receiving your joy from the Lord and his promises, from the goodness, from the strength, from the power, from Jesus, you are only getting a byproduct of what joy really is. And a byproduct is never as good as what it was originally intended to be. In all honesty, we were not originally intended to consume those things. In some countries, you're not even allowed to do that. But in the United States, you are. Church, many of you are okay with the byproduct. Many of you have just submitted that you know what? The common everyday pleasure is enough. And God is saying, oh my, do I have more. Oh my. Look at Nehemiah. He changed, I mean, the trajectory, the things that he did, it changed so much. Sin will always ultimately disappoint you. So, how do we get true happiness? Because joy, happiness, kind of like a similar thing, right? It comes together. Um, it, it comes when like the right desires are lived out. So when that common pleasure comes and you say, you know what, I think like under the ordinance of God, it's good, but outside of the ordinance of God, it's not so good, and it's not really healthy, and it, it's not really how it's intended to be consumed or taken in or lived out, I think I'm going to say no. I mean, I'm going to put things in the right order, because here's the deal, church, this is what I want you to get, and this is what you have to get from today, because joy came down just like love came down at Christmas. Joy came down through Jesus and a right order, because everything that the enemy presents to you, maybe not everything, but, but most things that he presents to you, oftentimes are out of order. Oftentimes aren't in the right placement. Oftentimes are just slightly, because he likes to deceive, right? So like it's a good thing, slightly crooked, and then all of a sudden it's a, it's a thing that's not edifying for you, right? It's like a piece of cake to a whole cake at the sitting. Does that make sense? It's like sex before marriage. It's like, I mean, all these different things. He, he makes it look good and says, well, God said that it's good. Yeah, it's good in the right order. And so what happens is he messes up the order. You go with his order, and then joy is robbed from you. Sin will always ultimately disappoint you. It just will. It'll never do what it says it's going to do. You hope it, you desire it, you want it. You say, well, it's somewhere in the scriptures, it's just you got it messed up in line. It'll, it'll bring happiness. It'll bring some, you know, some good moments. They'll be short. You'll need another one. It'll never end. You'll always be seeking. You'll never be satisfied. And, yeah, if you seek joy directly, then, then there's a problem too. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. You said like the, yeah, see, here, here's the problem. If, if you seek joy first and then God, then that's not his joy, that's someone else's. 
If you seek God first, then joy will follow. So wait a minute, that's a byproduct, right? Yeah, the good stuff. Meaning it's like you seek after Christ first, and then he opens up the doors and says, and we could, we could stand here and say so many scriptures, rise up on wings like eagle. I mean, we could just spend all day celebrating. Church, we should someday just spend all day celebrating the promises of God that he's gonna rise you up, that he's gonna hold on to you, that he's gonna give you strength, that he's gonna get you to the end, that he's gonna... We were made to seek God. Here, here's the crazy thing. So oftentimes, then what we've done in church, because we're, we're, we kind of get messed up in church, right? We, we don't know what to do. It's like, well, if we're happy, then like, is that okay? To, you know, we, we get confused. And so a lot of churches, what, what do they do? Well, they, they sit in the church and, and they're afraid to raise their hands because so-and-so says like, that's like, you know, showing out or something. And it makes no sense to me. You know that God actually delights in us being happy? So the crazy thing is, if it's in the right order, he actually wants you to be happy. We should actually leave here being happy. You know how many times I go into the community and, and people say, well, are you guys like a happy church? I'm like, well, I think so. I mean, I guess it depends on who you talk to, when you talk to them, but yeah, I think so, right? But think about it. Sometimes I'm afraid because then they start naming off people and they're like, well, they don't seem so happy. And I'm like, well, you know, they were having a bad day happened when they talked to you. You know what I mean? Like, I just throw that one out and then they give you another one. It's like, oh, well, they're a good one. Yes, use that. They, they, they're like... But you, you know why the world's messed up? When they start thinking about the church because they don't know, because some churches they were told, well, you can't, don't, don't raise your hands, don't worship in that way, don't, oh, you should have been dressed like this and you should have, and then if you follow all this, somehow you have joy when you're all wrapped up and done right, and I mean, gosh, no wonder we don't know how to express our joy in Christ. No wonder the world doesn't look to us and say, well, they're, they're a mighty joyful people. What's crazy is that when you get into the inner workings, even of this church, there's lots of people that have every reason not to be joyful but are. Church, you should have every reason not to be but are. No matter your circumstance, no matter what you're facing, God has a way of placing joy in your heart when you rely on him first. When you pattern your life after him. God delights in our enjoyment <laughs> The enemies tells us that when we give up this uh, common pleasure, that then we're giving it all up. You know how many people I sat in front of and it's like, gosh, y'all, like just because you gave a moment up, right, doesn't mean God's gonna have you give it all up. God's gonna say, hey, if you'll get in a good order, you're gonna really enjoy it when it's in the right order. Lasting joy comes through right thinking. Okay. Let's take the last bit of journey here. What now? What do we do? Well, I thought about this, and I wanted to start in the Old Testament, move you to the New Testament, and Paul, right? You all know who Paul is? Just say Paul. Good. If you don't know who he is, I'm going to tell you a little bit about him, okay? He was really kind of an awful person, and somehow God changed his negative thinking, because let's not just think about what he did to the Jewish people. It was his mindset. He wasn't even happy Right? He wasn't even happy when he got one, or he wasn't even happy when like, he was successful in doing evil. It, it didn't really bring him joy, so he wasn't a joyful person. And God came and transformed him completely. And then we find, if you look at the scriptures that, that he spoke and wrote in prison, they're all based in joy. They're all based in joy. Well, well, let me just share a couple with you. 
this is through a bunch of letters, Romans, Corinthians, Ephesians, Colossians. You want me to just read all the books to you and just, then you would just know, right? I'm just kidding with you. Okay, um, you're falling asleep. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You bring me joy. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being reported all over the world. It brings me joy. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I thank always God for your move. And I could just go on and on. So here's what I I think. The now what? Well, in the midst of all this mess, in the midst of being in prison, in the midst of being in in that day in in the worst state, right? He began to think on and began to give thanks for the movement of God in others. He began to celebrate in his letters. In many of his letters, he began to celebrate what was going on in the lives of other people and how they were changing others' lives. And so in the midst of a hard time being in prison, he turned to a list he turned to a list. He would right away start writing in prison and he would begin to, to go to the list of what he's thankful for. See, what happens when we start to lose joy is when we start to not be what? Thankful. So I thought, okay, so, so what do we do from here? And, and um, Paul kind of taught us that if you really want to stay in joy, if you really want to let that be your strength, then when you're in prison, start writing it out. You ever have somebody in your life um, that maybe tells you to kind of stop? Hey, hey, you're going down a negative path. I love you enough, so I need you to like halt. And I need you to start thinking about the things that you could be thankful for. I I need you to start thinking about the things that you could like give praise to God for. We all should have those people in our lives, right? A lot of times it's my wife. She's like, honey, you got to stop. You're going down a stinking thinking path and you've got to like start looking around. And you know, if you're a good husband, you look at her and say, oh, I'm thankful for her, right? You should start there. And so, and then you just kind of go on and then you begin to really see that like what you thought was really bad maybe isn't that bad because of who, I mean, it's just there's something about. And so Paul would, I think for his own mind's sake, he'd start out by saying, gosh, I'm so thankful for you. You not only heard what I said and partnered with me when I was there, but you actually are continuing the work of God and you're spreading the gospel and you're and so he'd begin to give thanksgiving and oftentimes when his prison what broke out praise and worship and and chains would be broken and people would be changed why because the joy of the Lord was his strength is the joy of the Lord your strength he was particularly thankful for their participation which brought about joy when translated in his heart it's the Greek word here is koinonia, the fellowship. And he was thankful for the fellowship. It brought him joy. And so there's much to say. There's much to say about remaining a people that are thankful. All right, so you ready for the last two things? This is what I want you to go out with, okay? This is really important. Joy is available now. Let's just be honest. Some of you have come in here today and you are not full of joy. Your heart is not overflowing. Your mind is not set on good things. Your heart is not set on good things. Think about this. The first thing I want you to think about. Joy is available right now. In fact, if you're waiting for something, wait a minute, Pastor. If you're waiting, just let me throw this out here, okay? Because you've not done it. I've done it, right? I've said in my mind, 
God, I'll be joyful if I get this particular thing. And when I get that, like I've been waiting all these years, I've worked really hard, when I get that, I am gonna have joy, right? Then it comes and I get it, and I'm like, wow, it's great for a moment, and then all of a sudden in my mind, because that worked for a moment, I plant it in my head again, right? And I say, if I get this particular thing, then I'm going to be joyful. And then all of a sudden, I'm on a train. And that train is going from, you want me to just list it off, right? You've probably done this, or maybe not, or maybe it's just me. When I finish my degree, I'll be, I'll be full of joy. When I get married, I'll be full of joy. Oh, and then you get on that marriage train of the person that you thought was gonna fill you with joy, and they didn't, because they can't, they can't be that for you. Only God can be that. So you wanna get off that train, so then all of a sudden, now you're like, God, I'll be joyful when I'm off this marriage train. Because see, we're seeking joy in all the wrong places. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll be joyful when you take this from me. Oh, you know what, God? I'll be joyful when I get that promotion. I promise when I get that promotion, I'm gonna start tithing. And then you get that promotion, you don't start tithing because your heart wasn't right to begin with. But then when you don't get the promotion, what happens, right? Now, God, where were you? When you don't get the girl or the dude or who you were really like hoping for, God, where were you? And then all of a sudden, you don't, you don't have any joy. It's crazy, like, I hear people say, like, I'll be joyful when my kids are out of the house. Then their kids get out of the house, right? And now I'm depressed. I'm like, okay, but you told me two years ago you were ready for them to be gone, and now they're gone, and you're not happy? I mean, so was it really about the kids? Maybe it was you. Just, by the way, I'm going to be totally depressed when they're out of the house, so just be ready for that, okay? If I'm still here, I ain't going to be able to be up here for a couple of weeks when the last one goes, so Pastor Joey can... But I mean, think about it. Have you ever, come on now, have you ever planted a thought in your mind that when I get this, I'm gonna be a joyful person? Church, we've all done it. You can't, I don't care how good you are, you've done it, you've hoped for it, it's come, it's passed, and it's changed nothing. Or maybe the second thing, this is maybe you. Um, you keep thinking these common pleasures, Right? are gonna do it. And you know what's funny is you realize they don't do it, but then you do it again, and then you do it again, and again, and again, and again, and again. And they never do it. And you wonder why you keep doing the same thing, and it keeps producing the same thing, and joy doesn't come. Because see, joy is only a byproduct of Christ. The joy you're looking for in all these other things has a byproduct that's similar to bar SQ. It ain't nothing you want. And actually, it's nothing that's good for you. It ain't gonna grow your bones, it ain't gonna grow your, it's just not. But, there are some people in here that have found the joy of the Lord and who look different, who talk different, who share different, who hope different, who live different, who, why? Because their joy isn't attached to the common, it isn't attached to a hope, it isn't attached to a thing, it isn't attached to a promotion, it isn't attached to a degree, it isn't attached to a girl, it isn't attached to a boy, it isn't attached to a mom, it's attached to Christ. And all those things come in line behind Christ. And they bring joy when they come because they're behind Christ. The greatest faility, if that's even a word, that I have when I sit in front of a couple that's about to get married, 
when they say the words, they complete me. I throw up in my mouth. Okay, I'm just being honest. So when I counsel you, you're gonna get married. It makes me sick, so just don't do it because I'm gonna be a little sick in my mouth and I'll swallow and I'll move on, okay? You know why? Because that person ain't gonna complete you. And I say it all the time. But you know what? For some of you, it's the person For some of you, it's the job. For some of you, it's the promotion. For some of you, it's your family who's never accepted you. I want to say, you know what? If they ain't accept you yet, why don't you let us accept you? You know what I mean? Why don't you let us love you? And why don't you let us hold on to you? And why don't you come over at Christmas? And why don't you come over at Thanksgiving? And why don't you, and why don't you, and just let them, and when they're ready, let them come back here in line with, y'all, you got to stop hoping for all this to work because Jesus came down and said, we realize it don't work. And so I'm here to make it work. And he's here today to make it work in your life. He's here today to say, I'm ready to walk with you if you'll see that I bring joy, a joy that brings you great strength. And so this week as you go out, I want you to think about if you've got something in your mind like a promotion, let's just use that, and you think it's gonna bring you joy, I would ask you this week to get on your knees and start saying to the Lord, is that really gonna bring me joy? Is, is that your hope for me? And if it is, right, if that's the thing he wants to use, then let's keep going for it, right? But if it's not, let's put that aside and say, if it comes, that's great. If it doesn't, I'm still whole. But you've gotta decide what that thing is. And you know what, maybe you are full of joy and, and you don't have those kind of hopes and, and you're not letting common pleasures cloud the joy of the Lord, then gosh, partner with some people that are still on that journey because they need you. They need you to say, you know what, I lost this, but I didn't lose Christ. I didn't get this, but I didn't lose Christ. I journeyed there, but I didn't lose Christ. Church, we need you. We need you to rise up and speak. And so... This season of Christmas, this season of love coming down, joy coming down, hope coming down, and peace coming down, let joy come down into your heart in a way like it never has before. God, we thank you today for this time that you've given us. And God, let today not be enough. Let today just be the beginning. This week, Lord, I would pray that your spirit would come down and speak to each and every person here. God, challenge them, encourage them to to stop thinking that something or someone or a situation is gonna bring them joy, but let them seek and find their joy in you. Because God, the kind of joy that you bring, it, it rises us above, it changes us, it moves in us in a way that's so beautiful. And so today, God, we hold on to you and we thank you today for Jesus. And we thank you today that Jesus came down and brought a tangible joy that we can hold on to. We love you, we honor you, we praise you. Go out with us, be with us in this week as we really settle our hearts and our minds into the things of you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, go out. Don't buy any Bar SQ hot dogs. <laughs>